Welcome back. I'm Jeff MacArthur, and let's get to a COVID update. Joining us as she does each and every Wednesday, here's vaccine researcher and family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel is on the line. Dr. Gorfinkel, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jeff. Okay, we're going to leave our province to begin our discussion this week. Let's talk about uh, Alberta, because uh, starting today, they have lifted their vaccine passport program there. We're at a Saskatchewan as well, doctor. They're also ending public health orders by the end of this month. Is the timing right for this, do you think? That's a very big question. Think about what that implies. As of tomorrow, there are no vaccine passports in Alberta. As of Monday, kids 12 and under no longer have to wear masks in any setting. Now think about how few kids have been vaccinated between the ages five and 11. That's a serious problem because most of them don't even have two doses and kids under five have zero doses. So it seems to me they're moving very, very quickly. And if you look at other provinces, say for example, Quebec, they're holding on to all of the, all of the things to make sure that the numbers stay low until at least mid-March. So what we see in Alberta is very bold. And the reason they're acting that way is I think we can't be sure about it. They say it's because the numbers are lower. But if you look at hospitalizations, they're higher, they're just as high as they've ever been. They're just now starting to dip a little bit, but they're one and a half times what their peak was at any time in the past. In fact, it's more than twice what it was at one point. So it's, it's, it's really the high numbers are very concerning at this point. All right. So I guess the debate really is, as they start to ease uh, restrictions here, start uh, lifting things like the vaccine uh, passport program. You know, how much of this is inspired, if you will, by the data and the science? How much of this is COVID fatigue and politicians uh, reacting to what they are hearing from uh, constituents? Or is this a case where maybe those uh, two, uh, two factors, are they kind of meeting in the middle, do you think? Well, that's a great question. The problem is, I don't think it's just a matter of pandemic fatigue. We have a problem of vaccine fatigue. So what, if you take a look at the number of vaccines being given out currently in Alberta, they're really at an almost all-time low point. And I'm not just talking about people who lack first doses. Overall in Alberta, about three in four people have had two doses at this point. You know, but, but the fact is people aren't signing up to get their first dose. We see a, a tremendous leveling off. So it's as though the government is saying in so many words, we're not gonna convince any more people to get vaccinated. We're not seeing enough vaccinations, so that is what it is. And by saying acceptance, that's what they're doing. But the problem with that is, is that they're letting go of too many health restrictions all at once. So fine, you wanna see what the effects of that are. That takes at least two to three weeks to understand. It doesn't take a lot to overwhelm what's already an overwhelmed number of hospitalizations. Now, when it comes to vaccines and the vaccination rate, uh, did we not expect it to plateau, though, Dr. Gorfinkel? I know the prime minister, when questioned earlier this week in that emergency session of parliament as the uh, ongoing trucker uh, protest is happening there in Ottawa and on uh, Parliament Hill, he cited the fact that uh, overwhelmingly 90 percent of uh, Canadians have chose science and that they've been vaccinated. And at what point uh, do we say, OK, we've kind of reached the threshold when it comes to vaccination? I do not believe that threshold has been reached. 
For one thing, you know, children under five have yet to even have a vaccine available, but that looks like it may be coming around the corner. Children five to 11 are largely unvaccinated. They are not getting that second dose, and that's a serious problem. We need to be taking the vaccines to children in schools, and Ontario is now doing that. And, and they're doing that on mass because the, main, the huge tents, the vaccine tents that we've used in the past, they're simply not working anymore. People are not coming. The parents are working. We need to be taking the vaccines to schools. And I'm very concerned about, you know, dropping a lot of these mandates, not necessarily mandates, but restrictions on children. What Alberta has said is, Fine, kids aren't even going to be wearing masks as of Monday in any setting. So think about how rapidly that's moving. Tomorrow we lose vaccine passports in Alberta. On Monday, there is no masking for kids. As of March 1st, two, two short weeks from now, pretty much, there's not going to be masks for anyone in Alberta. That's how rapidly they're moving. The problem with that is it doesn't give us a chance to see incrementally what each one of those is going to do. And that could easily overwhelm what's already at a high hospitalization rate right now. Okay, I want to play for you. Here's Christine Elliott, the Ontario Health Minister. Earlier today, she was asked as to whether or not uh, what we've just been talking about here, whether or not Ontario will have to adjust their plans now that Alberta and Saskatchewan have moved forward by uh, starting the restrictions. Have a listen. We've already set out our opening timelines. We started on January uh, 31st. The next phase is as of February 21st and then March 14th. Uh, we have no plans currently to drop the uh, passport uh, vaccination uh, situation or masking. Uh, we believe that masking is going to be important for some time to come. And of course, we take our um, uh, advice from uh, Dr. Moore, the Chief Medical Officer of Health, all right, so the next uh, phase coming up in a, uh, another week and a half or so, I guess February 21st and then March 14th. Is that a little more acceptable as far as you're concerned, Dr. Gorfinkel, when you talk about that more gradual or graduated approach, sorry, when it comes to lifting restrictions, just so we can see how we're doing as we uh, slowly lift them one by one? It's far more acceptable because that way there's incremental change. There's one restriction that's lifted more or less at a time, and then you wait and see the effect that that has on hospitalizations, deaths, and ICUs, because we know that lags two to three weeks behind. It takes time to see the effect of a change, and like as far as taking off masks, as far as taking off vaccine passports. These are major public health changes, and we have to take them very seriously and very slowly. Look at what Quebec is doing. Quebec is saying, hey, we're not doing anything until mid-March. They're taking their time on this. They're worried because they see high death rates there already. They see high hospitalization rates. And don't forget, this is coming at a time when we don't even have enough tests to go around. So we hear, you know, Prime Minister Keeney saying, oh, wait, and this is what Alberta's telling us. Well, the, you know, we have fewer positive cases. The case positivity rate is going down. The wastewater signal is going down. That's encouraging. But what is worse, what was what's very concerning about this is that the number of vaccines that are being taken that are new, that's the biggest problem. We have vaccine fatigue. 
people are less likely to take that third dose. We know that third dose is desperately needed to have good protection against mild to moderate COVID infections. All right. Mention of vaccines. That's one big tool in our toolbox. The other one you also mentioned is tests, testing and the availability thereof. And we did get an announcement from the Ontario government that the province will start distributing free COVID-19 rapid tests through grocery stores uh, shortly. Uh, How big of an announcement uh, is this? How big of a weapon is this in the fight against the ongoing uh, pandemic? And does it all come down to just that? Uh, You're talking about the availability, whether or not uh, these tests are really available for people. Well, historically, in the last few weeks, they certainly haven't been. And that's a serious problem. And also the fact that, you know, a rapid test is going to miss half of the cases of Omicron. So there's been a lot of concern about if somebody has a negative test, does that give them moral permissioning to just go outside and, and, you know, be with other people and potentially infect other people? So that's a serious issue. But they're saying we're going to have five tests in one kit that if one family can pick up in grocery stores. Now we don't have the details on that just yet, but it is exciting news. It can only help. Of course, anyone with even mild symptoms now is asked to isolate if they're fully vaccinated, that being defined as two doses, if a person's fully vaccinated, even if without any kind of testing, they're asked to isolate for a period of five days. All right, we got to uh, step aside and take a quick break. When we come back, more with vaccine researcher and family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink. 